I forgot how what the intro is. Hello and welcome Hello and welcome to Prostock the Podcast. This is Hello and welcome to Prostock the Podcast. This is your host, Danny Coronel, and in today's episode about the beauties of writing, we have Madison Sidewalk! Hi! Madison, how are you today? I'm great, I'm on Prostock. How could it be better? Oh, um, Madison and I have been friends for a year now. We're CPs, we're besties, and why do I keep we're getting cool. Mars and Oval really... Why are you checking your email? Pay attention to me. Sorry. We spend There's a lot nothing. of time together. We spend yeah. a lot of time together. It's kind of uh, concerning at this point. There's, there's okay. a, a high level of codependency in this relationship. Yeah, is it healthy? We don't know. We also don't care. Okay, so Madison and I met in the mentorship program of the Taiwi, the Young Writers Initiative uh, summer camp mm -hmm. last year. She was my mentor. Uh, now we don't know who's mentoring who. I, I cry and I call her every day and I'm like, I need your help with my books. I think the roles have been reversed. Very true. No, but I feel like we always, I, I never really felt like your mentor. Like it was, auto we were just automatically friends. Also, we're also the same age and like we're the same age so it was kind of like <laughs> it's kind of i don't know anything and now we're critique partners so yeah madison do you want to introduce yourself um what can i what can i lie about um <laughs> my name is madison i am um primarily a fantasy writer um and i am also the founder of agora which is a new online uh, space for writers where we um, we have a website, we have uh, Instagram where we share resources and um, articles written by members of the community and um, yeah it's it's still new it's still pretty small but it's a great little resource for the writing community. It is a fantastic resource everyone should take it out I should, I should check it out. Uh, if you want to follow us on Instagram we're at agora for writers and then our website is agoraforwriters.com. Yeah, we do a bookshop. Which I am very oh. addicted to. You were my first customer. <laughs> yeah, I was the first, first customer. customer. I got, yeah. I bought it before, I think it was before the, the, the website went live. Yeah, technically because I was having a nervous breakdown because it wasn't working. Um, and then we got it up. And you bought it. You bought the one of the books. So Yeah. And the it books really... are super, super like underpriced um, because I know personally, like, I can't afford like regular books, right? Because like you go to Barnes and Noble, it's so expensive, and you don't want to buy off Amazon, right? Um, so it's basically just a small bookshop that you can support, and all the funds go to like help maintain the website. But, the, it's yeah, very paperbacks are seven dollars, hardcovers are ten dollars. Everything's in great condition, and I always have sales. So yeah. Anyway, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. <laughs> Everyone should go buy a book and support a Yay. small business owner. So today's episode world building. Madison is very okay. known for her world building skills. Oh, I have a reputation now. Just, we've all collectively, well, I've collectively decided for everyone <laughs> that you are um, one of the leading voices in world building. Um, so we, we both asked on our Instagram stories some questions from the people uh, that Madison's gonna answer. And I'm gonna give my two cents because a little bit of a of a secret. It's that we already recorded this episode in January. <laughs> yeah. But six months then, ago. Six months ago. But since then, I've got a new camera and I've got a new microphone. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, so hopefully the the audio won't be messed up like last time. I don't have a migraine this time. <laughs> you don't have a migraine this time, so that's a huge yeah. blessing. Guys, last time we filmed the episode, I was like dying. <laughs> I felt she didn't I was, tell I wanted, me until I, the end. I wanted to reschedule because I didn't tell her until the end, but I thought my brain was gonna explode. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, so questions. I like the first question that we have written here, and it is. How do you immerse the reader without info dumping? How do you avoid info dumping, Madison? So, I was talking to someone the other day about this, which is um, interesting because I've never really had this discussion with anyone before. But um, I was talking to this woman, and I shared a snippet of my writing with her, and she's like, "It feels like it's um, like fan fiction, right? Where like the reader already knows everything. Like you're not introducing it." like in one big chunk, right? You're kind of just dropping hints and details. Like they've already read something in this world. Um, and you're, it, it should feel like fan fiction, basically. And I really like that. So I think just leaving like bits and pieces as you go is much better than like 10 pages at the beginning of Info Dump. Which, you know, sometimes it's a good thing. You know, a couple of my favorite books have been real Info Dumpy, but I think if you want your reader to feel immersed, then it's better to just like, little breadcrumbs in there yeah treat it as if everyone already knows who everyone like is mm -hmm. and just let yeah. the character speak for itself and you know the setting is a character as well so right just let it speak for itself let it you know do its thing mm -hmm. how it would normally right. do um, that's a very good piece of advice yeah i that's not mine someone gave me that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i can't take credit i but I, i've been thinking about it for like a week straight now and i really liked it do you want to pick the peak? You, do you want to pick the next question, Madison? Danny, where do you like start for your world building? Because I know you worked on it for a long time, like you just said. Um, like, did you do any research? Kind of, what was the beginning process? I guess the beginning process was choosing somewhere, some influence to start off. So my influence mm -hmm. was uh, post World War One, like after, like literally, the war just ended two years ago. Um, just taking a little yeah. bit of what we know and then mm -hmm. building from that like what if this had happened instead and then mm -hmm. um what if my world looked like this and then what if yeah what about you where do you yeah. start um pinterest, pinterest. <laughs> yeah i think i'm very visually inspired um because you know i i do draw from real places in my world like there's one place where it's you know, you can clearly tell it's supposed to be like Ireland. There's one place it's clearly supposed to be like Algeria. But, you know, I, I didn't really start from that. That kind of just came organically. Um, I look at Pinterest and I see, okay, I what kind of aesthetic would the world look like? Color schemes would there be? Is it mostly like seascapes? Is it mostly forest? Um, I, I scroll through Pinterest and I see, okay, what am I feeling like? What comes naturally? My current work in progress right now is a Romeo and Juliet retelling, right? So yeah. obviously I wanted the main location to kind of feel like Verona because, you know, I'm obsessed with Italy to start with, right? Like I have my degree she's, in Italian. Yeah, uh, she's Italian. studied Italian. <laughs> yeah, can I speak it? Oh, well, don't, don't try to speak to me in Italian because I will be like, uh-huh, <laughs> see. But, <laughs> no, but I, I, I focus a lot on like culture and history and so Verona is obviously of great interest to me, so I wanted to keep that. And I don't know if I, like, you succeeded in that, you know, it takes place on an island city, but 
I, I wanted, you know, some influence like that too, you know. I think you can feel it when you read. Okay. I think I, I definitely feel yeah. it. Um, okay, I get to choose. I get to choose. I get to choose. <laughs> oh, I like this one. How can I expand my world building and work on my work in progress at the same time? So like, how, oh, how, do, you how do you prioritize? How do you prioritize? How do you prioritize? Right, because you, you, you can fall down the rabbit hole of world building yeah. and world building and never start to actually write. Um, I think get the basics down, know what your world looks like, know what it feels like. Um, you know, maybe draw a little map for yourself, but you gotta start writing, right? And you're gonna discover so much about the world as you're writing the first draft. And just write, just write and write and write and then discover things and then write down what you've world built and you can come back to it and then you can, you know, form the world in the second draft. Yeah, because the first draft is just you telling yourself the story. So you just figure out so much and even if you're uh, the biggest plotter there is in the history of plotters, um, you can figure out so much and you can, you know, I guess just have an outline of what you mm -hmm. kind of feel like so you're not lost. You can right. kind of see what the road ahead looks like. Um, mm -hmm. But you don't have to have it defined to the last pebble. Right. It's fine. Right. You can make stuff up as you go. And I think um, a lot of people have book bibles, which, you know, they have all the information about their world. Um, or world, well, I don't know what they're called, but like, yeah. yeah. And like, I would say just add to that as you're going, right? If you're yeah. typing up your chapter and you come up with this crazy new concept for a new city, okay, well, we're going to get back to that later. Okay, this is for the fantasy writers out there. How does magic come into play with your world building? Magic is a really tricky thing for a lot of people. I think Brandon Sanderson has like the good laws of building uh, a magic system, mm -hmm. which I don't remember right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, soft magic systems, hard magic systems, you have to define mm -hmm. what the magic you know the big i think the biggest piece of advice that can really you know define your storytelling through magic is to define first what the magic can't do yeah um so you kind of have like a like a little guideline of where to follow mm -hmm. that also like plays in part with the limitations of your character so that they're not you know these like perfect machines uh where they have no struggles uh because right. the fun part of a story is the struggles yeah. um so yeah yeah what do you think that's that's really good um i struggle with magic a lot i'm one of those people who i absolutely love fantasy but i hate magic systems because i, I can never quite figure out what i want to do um but that's really good advice and knowing what it can't do to start off with and then i guess look at the world that you've created and be like well it takes place in a magical forest so magic will probably be like nature-based or you know if it takes place you know by the sea maybe you could do something with that um i, I don't know i m my magic system is still a little wonky but um i just play around with it and then i think you'll you'll figure out what works for your world 
and what works best for your story. And not every magic system has to be perfectly defined to a T. Right. It can be a soft magic system. Right. Or stuff is just kind of <laughs> magical, mysterious. It still has to, you yeah. still have to know the limitations as, as the writer. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it can be vague. It can like, <laughs> like, it has to make sense, but like, well, as much as magic can make sense. But um, <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be completely like a rule book of you know spells and it can just be kind of vibey <laughs> that's okay yeah yeah I, I definitely agree that's definitely how I work with it because it, it's such a complicated thing sometimes and it's something that my brain can't quite grasp yet even though I've been writing fantasy for almost 10 years I still like ah what is magic <laughs> uh this one the winter wonderlands thanks to deserts okay or not okay I used to do that all the time where like my maps really? would be like a tiny island and on one side it would be like completely desertic like the Sahara and then on the other side yeah. it would be the Arctic and I'll be like yeah that's geology science there you go I have mixed feelings because you know if you're writing a fantasy book as we do I, you know there's I, I think you can push the line a little bit but you know also there's not probably going to be you know a desert in the middle of the tundra <laughs> You know what I, yeah. I guess you know what I mean. Like there's not gonna be sand suddenly, but um, yeah, I, I think you can you know play around with it. Definitely be imaginative with it, especially if you're creating a bigger world. Um, then there definitely can be you know all sorts of things going on. I guess it also has to make a bit of more sense in the narrative. Yeah. So if you're just gonna be stuck to the desert the whole time and you're not gonna mm -hmm. touch the winter wonderland then why have it maybe it's just a desert island you, you know, know i actually i just wrote a book uh a couple months ago where this actually happened um we haunt the flame have you ever read that one yet oh i want to read it yeah it was um it took place in like a i think the world was like inspired by like arabia uh like ancient arabia um, but there was a curse on the land, one chunk of the land, where it snowed all day, every day. So she did have snow in the desert. She incorporated it into her world building, and it was really well done. So, yeah, I think you can have Winter Wonderland yeah, next definitely. to the desert. Let's see. Um, what, uh, what do you do if you can't come up with anything that feels like original, like an original world? Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm struggling with that on my little um, are you not with not with project 12 but my my oh. other story oh okay like nothing feels original and i'm like oh i'm just copying this is just fan fiction and i'm copying everything <laughs> and it's not meant to be fan fiction it's meant to be original oh. there are no original ideas <laughs> there are no original ideas to begin with i like the thought of combining stuff i think oh you know who did this like like what, what show did this very well um, the Great on Hulu, like the the. Oh, I haven't watched it yet. Oh, it's so good. But basically, they oh, take gosh. like in that combination. I feel you've seen period pieces, hundreds of millions of times. Yeah. But they made it so unique that it is like the way the characters interact in the world is modern, and it's mm -hmm. very cheeky and very witty and. It's yeah, kind of absurd. Like there's this this absurd yeah. uh, absurdness to it. It's not like Pride and Prejudice where where they you know <laughs> speak beautifully and you know linger and I don't know. 
Um, but it's absurd and like modern, but they're wearing like these 17th century, I love that. 18th century clothes. Mm -hmm. And I think they did it very well. So maybe combining stuff is a good way of, of getting that originality back to the, to the story. Um, yeah. You can make weird combinations. I think even taking ordinary things and twisting them slightly would yeah. give your world like just a little edge, right? Like, um, I don't know, I can't think of an example, but um, in my book, you know, this is not the most original thing, but they don't have electricity, right? They have the, I call them fire lights, and they're like just little glass things with, you know, fire in them, right? And it's kind of electricity, but it's not. And it's unique to their world, and it's like, yeah, like a gas lamp, but not really. <laughs> Could we do that? You know, would make sense, but also a little bit fun and give the world a unique twist. How do you make sure it isn't too confusing for the reader? I don't know. <laughs> like, is anyone gonna understand this? Like, even though I keep it, you know, pretty simple. You know, I'm not big on the magic. I don't have like extensive lore. Um, yeah, mostly because I'm lazy, but. <laughs> That's Feel my problem, other readers. Um, but I, I think <laughs> putting like touchstones of reality in there, right? Yeah. Stuff that people can relate to. So you could have a giant pantheon of gods, right? Which I only have like eight, I think. So it's not huge. But you could you can have as many as you want. You can have all this stuff going on. But um, send your characters to a church. Your reader will be able to understand that they are going to this church or this temple to worship the god of the sea, right? And like, okay, I can start to, I can, I can relate yeah, to that. I, I relate That's to that. Yeah, that happens yeah. in my world too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like religion's a big part of your book as well. Um, yeah. But it's never confusing, right? I like understand the differences in the religion and what they worship. So, and also, religion's a tough thing. Um, yeah. so much fun i think it's great yeah i it think is. it's a great add-in and just even if it's not like religious but if they have certain beliefs or they have certain festivals or something like that um that's a great thing to add for world building yeah. and also you know you'll have beta readers you'll have uh critique partners you'll have alpha readers they can just if it's confusing they'll tell yeah. you and it's gonna be yeah. fun and you could just clear it out a bit Maybe this question was for people who write more like high fantasy. Um, yeah. I feel like ours is a little bit lower, like yeah. not too too intense. Um, which I respect high fantasy so much because I don't think I could ever write it because I, I don't think my brain is there. <laughs> I, I don't think I could wrap my head around it. So, yeah, also, if you want to become a better world builder, read books with good world building. <laughs> yeah, my that is yeah that is very good advice. What do you think has some good world building? Going off script a little Oof. bit from the questions. I haven't finished it yet, but uh, Brandon Sanderson's The Way of Kings. Um, I've never read any of his books. Oh. I know, my, I'm my, a hack. My, my, one of my best friends uh, loves yeah. him. So, I've been trying to read- it's a huge book. It's, it's I know. Like, he does write a lot. And it's very interesting. I think it is very high fantasy and you know, there's so many of these details where like women cover one arm, one one hand or one arm because it's like obscene. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like right. boobs. Or <laughs> only the only the women uh, can read because it's seen as a feminine thing. Really? Okay, that's interesting. Or 
what else? There's this one religion where you have to outwardly say that you worship this god. Mm -hmm. But uh, because if not, he gets jealous and he kills you. Wow. But inwardly, everyone knows that they worship the other god. That is his brother. Something like that. Like so many of these details are like, what the freak is going on here? (laughs) (laughs) That takes like, that takes a really smart person to write. Yeah. And I wonder, I wonder how much of that he planned out or how much of that was like discovered writing for him. I have no interesting. No idea. Hmm. His, 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 um, Brandon Sanderson's class on world building. It's up on YouTube. It's, you can take, you can watch it. I've, I've, I've watched like half of it. He, well, he's, he's a creative writing professor. It's, it's a very good class and it's up on YouTube. You can sit down and watch it. And I think he is clearly very good at it. You can learn a lot from it. It's out there. <laughs> How do you name places? This is something that I have always hated. <laughs> Me too. But you, you're very yeah, good at okay, naming okay, places. So naming, that's because I have reused the same names for six years in all of my works. <laughs> Me too. For, for most of my world, uh, names have just been combinations of ancient kingdoms and places. So I have this kingdom kingdom state country in my world called Mm -hmm. Magno and it was originally a mix of the kingdom of Bavaria and Mm -hmm. Hanover Mm -hmm. so I just like (laughs) (laughs) and then I just kind of like through the years I added and took out letters and now it's like Magno. I I have to say I've commented this a lot um, when reading your book but you're naming like the way things in your cultures are named is so natural and I'm so jealous of it, right? Because you have all these really original names, even for your characters. And it just, like, Dagna, that's like a great name. <laughs> that's a great name. Because it feels, it feels like it could be from, you know, Austro-Hungary, like it, maybe like in that area, right? But it's clearly yeah. like not a name that we have in our world, right? Um, but it's even, even like, you know, you know, Verena is a real name, right? That we have people are named that, but it, it still feels like a little bit like um, magical, mysterious. Fits in with your culture so well. So I have to give you props for that. Everything in your world is like meeting perfectly. Thank you. I the same goes to you. I I love. I don't have any original like character names. No, all I think I think it, it just it, it all feels like it, it it all fits very well, and every yeah. like they're very well characterized you know like yeah they they do feel um like you can tell it by the name you get like the essence of it i think the name speaks for itself for a lot of characters and then the rest have all been uh you know the nest the Bjarts, uh no Dagmar Bjart, uh she's my, my mm-hmm. main character well one of my main characters um her last name just came from a from a little like like, like keyboard jam, yeah, keyboard jams. Like, like I, oh I have gosh. this document where I just, where I just like, what are what are syllables that people have, and then I just like, kind of mess with them. Yeah, and See, it doesn't, with- you know, world building and, and naming doesn't need to be taken seriously. Obviously, yeah, just have a smash on your keyboard and something will come out. Yeah. Ooh, this is a question for you. What is the most important element that you feel is often overlooked? Fashion. Fashion. 
I think fashion is uh, a incredibly fun to write. I love writing about the clothes that people are wearing. Uh, B often overlooked. You know, culture and clothes are so closely tied together, right? So yes. I think maybe it's not the most overlooked thing, but I would love to see more of it in books. I think it's so much fun to see like, you know, someone from this place, you know, they wear a lot of red. Like I've been having so much fun just writing about uh, the different outfits that different classes will wear or people from different parts of the city will wear, right? It's so much fun playing with a color and design and maybe getting into your culture. Okay. Um, oh, here's a fun one. Here's a fun one. Um, would you want to live in the world that you've created? No. That <laughs> <laughs> um, sounds tough. Yeah. Yeah, it does sound tough. That's why it's not fun. I think. I don't think it's fun for anyone but the rich people. Kind of sounds like our world, but. <laughs> yeah, what? This is so fictional. You're so creative. Oh, yeah. Would you want to live in your world, Madison? Um, I would. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's not that out of a place, especially like where the main action takes. They go, um, it's an adventure story, so they're going from one place to another. Um, and I think I would like to see it. How, okay. How deep should you actually go when world building? How deep is too deep? How, when do you stop? And how do you stop? That's my question. How do you stop? I think a good place to stop is when it's bogging down the story. When the world has overtaken the plot, which probably sounds like an obvious thing to say, but I feel like a lot of people get wrapped up in it, and it's fun to get wrapped up in it. But ultimately, you're telling a story; you're not sharing a world. This, the the world building has to serve the story, and once it is not doing that and it's working by itself, you gotta stab it. It's hard because you want to go to all the places in your world, and you want to explore everything, and you want to show off everything, but you. You have to serve the story, and I know personally that's something I've had to work with because even though it's an adventure story and I want to take them all around the world, I can only take them to two or three places because yeah. that's what the plot needs. <laughs> this one's for you. <laughs> Do you enjoy uh -oh. writing things like politics and government? Oh my god, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the final question. Um, no, I don't. I, I don't know if it's just because we get so much of that in real life that I'm like, oh, I'm sick of it. I don't want to incorporate it. Um, I, I really try to avoid it because it never really serves my plot anyway. You know, like they're adventurers, you know, they're going on magical quests. They're not, you know, entering diplomatic relations. But you, your book is very politically charged. It is. Which is fun to read about. I, so I like that. that. I feel like writing about it. It must be hard. It, it is because I don't understand. <laughs> Not even I understand. No, no. I I take a lot of inspiration from from my own politics in Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Um. This I cannot say. I have to keep out. I think you know, if you're writing a court intrigue book, right? If you're writing court intrigue or you're writing about like that then you definitely need to make that a priority i think this has been a lovely conversation this was so much you. fun thank you for having me i hope it was useful to people listening and watching i really hope so as well it'd be a bummer if not <laughs> <laughs> look we just gave crap advice for an hour also i think um read 
I said this earlier, but read sort of world building, you know, um, whether it's high fantasy, low fantasy, you know, not even, hey, just read. That's the yeah. thing that will work for everyone. That is the universal piece of advice. And read, like, varied. Yeah, definitely. Read some nonfiction, too. Oh, sorry. Yeah, read nonfiction. I get a lot of ideas from nonfiction. Like from reading nonfiction, yeah. from reading historical books or uh, memoirs or I don't know biographies. Biographies are a great source of of, of inspiration. Read biographies. Yeah. I it is my biggest it is my biggest piece of advice. You should. You have to say where they can find you, Madison. You ignore me. Oh yeah, I got I got one of my socials. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, you know I still post a little bit here and there, uh, but if you DM me, I will answer. I'm not completely gone. Uh, I love to meet new writers and meet new friends. So uh, my Instagram is at Madison underscore Sidewalk. Um, and then you know check out Agora. We're at Agora for Writers on Instagram, um, and we'd love to have you as part of the community. Well, Madison, it has been lovely to have you here. Such an honor. I love to be your friend. Yeah, this was very... so much fun. Highly recommend being Madison's friend. Go write her. That's so sweet. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, you're you're amazing, and your podcast is amazing, and everything you do is amazing. Very appreciated. Okay. Uh, goodbye. Bye. <laughs> All right. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.